Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Go. <laughs> I said, didn't get a countdown. You didn't want it. You said it was too long. Okay, hi guys. Welcome to the Macabre Academy. Um, I'm Brandy. I have nothing to offer you this episode. I'm sorry. This is all Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Brandy, you set yourself up. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> okay, and who are you? Me? I don't know yeah, who you. I am. We've been doing this for 34 episodes. A bitch, maybe someone's new. <laughs> you think maybe. I'm the resident nerdy witch. My name is Steffi. Unfortunately, this podcast was my brilliant idea with Sound Maiden, and these two got roped into it. So here we are. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I really got roped into it, just like off the cuff. You one did, day. and you're still here. I invited myself I'm along. Still here. Yeah, I was like, I'll come over and get drunk. Let's do this. Well, this is another Kev episode. I'm. This is the second one he spearheaded. So I'm so proud. This is a Kev heavy episode. I apologize I'm so to all of our listeners because I know nothing. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta what teach else is the new? Fucking millennials. What else is new? Kev, what the fuck? The are resident talking idiot. About? Yeah, shut up. What? If, what, Kev? What are we talking about? Well, today we are. It's gonna be a two-parter, so it's gonna be a long one. Sorry about that. Uh, my part of this is going to be on Nirvana and their cultural significance in the time, and what led up to Kurt ultimately ending his own life. From so, that perspective, I guess we should put. I guess we should put disclaimer. Um, I guess it's a little late for this now, but we should definitely put a content warning here. If you're if you're sensitive to discussions of suicide and things and of that murder. nature, um, you may need to skip this murder. one. Unfortunately, even though it's it's a very small part of what I'll be covering. Uh, part two will be probably more into that. So just putting that out there in case you guys yeah, are suicide in case anybody trigger is there. warning like bail now. Yeah. And we are definitely going to we're definitely going to tweet out the link, the numbers for the suicide prevention hotline in case anybody is struggling with those kind of thoughts. Um, you are valid. You have meaning. You have purpose. We've all been there. You deserve to some of us you deserve to be on this others. planet. So. Yeah, I tried twice I in my life. It was a bad idea. Guys, I get it. Yeah, my mental health is in the shitter lately. I get it. Welcome to 2020. Welcome to 2020. Did you guys see the meme? Oh, no, that cheery note. That it was like, okay, uh, everybody's going to talk like Bull Rat is the final curse of 2020. And I said, <laughs> shut the fuck up because it's still not over. That can't be the last curse. Listen, that wouldn't even be that bad. Like, compared to everything else that has happened, that's not that bad. I'm just saying, I there's can, two more I months for it to that. go to shit. Two more months. It's, it's going to go to shit. Christmas is canceled this year, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Right? I, I couldn't afford Christmas this year anyway. Same Z's. Not All that right, I have to dive into what we're for. actually talking about. Yeah, I want to hear what Kev. Now that we're, now we're going to actually dive into what we're talking about today, what I'm going to hope to do in my part of this podcast is contextualize Nirvana and primarily their second album and how it sits in the time it came out and hopefully give everybody a small insight into the mind of a really smart, really damaged human being. He you know he ends up being becoming a guy who is everything he always railed against and ends up not being able to handle it. 
a, a guy who ends up killing himself in the hope of making his daughter's life better. And what a, just what a terrible way to perceive yourself that is. Um, I'm also going to hope that you go back and listen to all three albums, starting with Bleach, and realize that there are three incredible novels written by, as I said, a really smart, damaged human being. So, let's get into it. Nirvana is founded in 1987 in Seattle by Kurt Cobain, who's the lead singer, songwriter, and guitarist, and their bassist, who's the incredibly tall Christ Novoselic. The band went through a succession of drummers before finally recruiting Dave Grohl from the proto-punk scream band or proto-punk band called Scream. And Dave Grohl goes on to have the fucking greatest life on planet Earth. If you haven't followed Dave Grohl, look him up. His life is fucking unbelievable. So uh, their first drummer was actually a guy by the name of Chad Channing, who is a cred dude and a lovely chap from what I've heard. Um, Kurt and Christ started a CCR tribute band in 87 that quickly fell apart and they then they transferred through a bunch of other stuff before finally becoming Nirvana, which is a, and I quote, a Nirvana's fusion of pop melodies with noise combined with their themes of abjection, social alienation made them hugely popular during their short tenure. Bleach was their first album. It didn't get a lot of radio play. They were on a small label called Sub Pop, which is, it kind of is what it is. They're a small label, usually mostly alternative stuff. And then they come off that label and go on to David Greffin's label, which is a huge record label. That's where the second album comes in, which is Nevermind, which is, I'd say, probably one of their most popular ones. So what happens is the Pixies, which is another alternative indie band, they invent the loud, quiet, loud thing, which is a huge driving chorus in a little tiny verse and a fucking huge driving chorus in a little tiny verse. Mm. Uh, if you listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit, this is patently obvious. It's the first song on the second album. So it's just, you know, fucking monstrous driving bullshit and then just a little tiny and then just goes right back into it. That's what I'm talking about there. Nirvana set out, and Kurt admits this, to make the best Pixies record that was never made when they made Nevermind. Does anybody know what Nevermind was actually going to be called before they changed the name? No, I have no idea. Sheep, because Kurt had such a sunny disposition and a great view of the world. (laughs) What, like people are sheep? Like that? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I say this all the time. It Smells Like Teen Spirit wasn't even on the album at first. It was a song they didn't think was going to go anywhere. Uh, they, had the, they just had the riff and a little bit of the chorus, and they were jamming on it for hours. And then finally, the bass player's like, why don't we speed this up a little bit? And that's when it becomes the driving monstrosity that is Smells Like Teen Spirit. Isn't that what launched their success? Wasn't that like the song? Yes. Oh, yes, that's it unfortunate. It was also the anthem of a generation. Yeah. And the and the bass player hated the song. He's like, I fucking hate this song. I don't want to play this song. And then when he says speed it up, that's when it becomes the giant hit that it ends up becoming. Mm. So the guy who didn't even want to do it is the guy who put it on the map. That's funny. The universe works in mysterious ways. Truly, truly. Serendipitous move. And, and this is basically the start of grunge in mainstream culture. It's been going on for years. Oh, I still love grunge. in Seattle. Love grunge but, and post-grunge. I'm still all about right. that life. I'm old enough, though. This is kind of what puts it on the map globally. 
it used to be just a small thing in you know small cities and whatnot and then this album is really what shoves it into the forefront of everything grunge isn't really a nice form of art it's a lot of really pissed off people and to sit back and watch grunge become a thing it's not entirely a pleasant birth um Let's compare this to what's on the charts at the time, which I have a picture of and I have to pull up because I am not completely prepared. Okay. Uh, Billboard top, this is the top 10 of the Billboard top 191. Everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams. I want to sex you up by Color Me Bad. Gonna make you sweat. Everybody dance now by CNC Music Factory. Rush Rush by Paula Abdul. One More Try by Timmy T, Unbelievable by EMF, uh, More Than Words by Extreme, I Like the Way, The Kissing Game by High Five, uh, The First Time by, by uh, Surface, and Baby Baby by, a- by Amy Grant. Oh my God, you know this what song? This is what's on... Wait, just five seconds. You know what my favorite song is? What's that? It's from Space Jam. You ready? Hit me with it. Pump up the jam. Pump yes. it up. Yes! So this is the Billboard Top 100. Yes. The top 10 of the Top 100 in 91. So not really close to what Nirvana is doing musically, right? So the label was, the label was hoping they'd sell maybe 250 co- 250,000 copies of Nevermind, which is mm-hmm. about what Sonic's Youth Goo had come out. So... Now I kind of want to touch on what this album did to music. It essentially okay. kills hair metal. Hair metal is done. An alternative basically becomes alternative overnight, right? So the the hair metal top ten is Guns N' Roses, Kick Trace, Big House, Skid Row, Alice Cooper, Mr. Big. Kyan or Kanye Roberts, Dangerous Toys, and Danger Danger is the hair metal top ten of that of ninety one. So okay. what happened ends up happening is the birth of Nevermind and specifically tells like, smells like Teen Spirit decimates hair metal and it's no longer a thing. I don't know. It's still a thing that survives to this day in some right, fact. but no, you're right. But it, but in the moment, in that time. This album destroyed hair metal. Oh, it just made that. it not relevant anymore. Right? Well, it's a new generation with a new voice, and they have right. a lot of fucking things to say. And the fact that somebody's finally fucking saying it out loud, I mean, like, yeah. So Kurt dies in 94 by apparent suicide. Uh, an electrician initially found him and thought he was sleeping because even with a close-range shotgun blast to the head, there was very little blood. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to conceptualize this particular song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and Kurt kind of in the time it came out. I don't have a real good memory. I don't remember hearing this song when it came out, um, but I can put myself there by knowing what other songs were there. And just, it was fucking mind-blowing. So I heard a story. And the guy I heard it from was a DJ at the time at a college radio station. And 
somebody in early on lied on their FCC application and said they were like a 50,000 watt radio station. We would make them one of the greatest or one of the most powerful college radio stations in America. Turns out they were actually carrier current, which is if you plug your radio into the wall, you get a low frequency hum with some music over top of it. So they got fucking everything months before anybody else did. So the DJ was sitting in the booth and a single shows up. Do we all remember Kissingles? No. It's a cassette with one song on it. Oh, I know what a cassette is. I also used to have eight tracks. Right. Yes. So probably the nope. worst thing ever was a single because it's one song on a cassette tape. I mean, that's a waste so he's of sitting cassette in the booth tape. And he's going, I'm sorry? It's a waste of cassette tape. There's, there's miles really and miles is. of foot and there's one song. Can you one imagine song. rewinding that bitch and flipping it over and be like nothing else on the other side? Well, I'm sure as a DJ, you're used to getting singles. Like it's the, you know, it's a thing that happens. Like instead of sending out, it used to be the same thing with CDs. They put like one or two songs on a CD and then sell them. I hated getting one of those. I play the same song on repeat all day. No, but a two, three song CD from one of your favorite artists is like, it, it hurts. Like, do I like I'd rather problem? just wait for the whole album to come out. That's, oh, it hurts. So he's sitting in the booth and he gets this single and he looks at it and he never liked Nirvana. He didn't like Bleach. He's like, oh, it's so beautifully atonal. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, so he's like, okay, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to hate it immediately and move on with my day. So he puts it in the tape deck hits play and fucking smells like teen spirit comes out of it and it hits him in. And he's like, Holy shit. So he finishes the shift. He grabs the tape. He goes back to his dorm room where he's an RA. And he's got like 50 guys on his floor and he grabs everybody there. He goes, you guys got to fucking hear this. Takes him into his room, puts it in the tape deck, hits play. And everybody just goes, what the fuck is this? Cause you have to remember nothing before and nothing since has sounded like Smells Like Teen Spirit. It is a singular moment in music. I, I'm going to disappoint both of you here. Please You've don't. never, never heard, heard Smells Like song. Teen Spirit? No. Okay, we need to stop the fucking podcast, pass the heavy hitter battery around, get, get really high, and have Brandy listen to this fucking thing. Wait, I really feel like we should pause recording so she can fucking listen to this song. I mean, I'm like, we absolutely have my- to. I'm going right. to pause myself. No, 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 no. We're going to put in the elevator music. I'm going to pause recording. Like, I'm sorry. No, somebody play the song. I'm not even going to pause. Sound made no edit out. Put in the music here. Like the elevator music. Oh, yeah, no, I've heard this. <laughs> do you hate me <laughs> a little bit no, i'm just judging you real hard listen i don't know names of songs definitely have heard that okay i'm not complete trash guys wait you need to put that in okay brandy <laughs> has heard the song she didn't know what it was she's not complete trash she's just like three quarters trash just like three quarters it's fine just like three i quarters. don't know this just looks enough. like a, a like a four-fifth situation to me it's a famous song. I know it. I don't know names of songs. It's like somewhere over the rainbow of 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 you know of you win. our generation, you know, entire generation. Just wait, is this my generation? It influenced your generation. It's like how Elvis Presley uh okay, I'll give you that. influenced 
you know, all rock going forward, even though none of it's the same, it wouldn't have opened the door if he hadn't done the thing. This is one of those major life moments, right? Where the song or the genre opened the door to do the new thing. So there you go. So 91, you have, you know, smoking in the boys room and girls, girls, girls on the radio. And then that fucking monstrosity comes out of your speakers at you. You can, it just changes the entire landscape of music. And I found something kind of cool. I found some of Kurt's high school journal entries. Mm. And I kind of want to read this one. So it's my podcast and I'm going to read it. Um, it's your episode on our podcast. I'm one third of the podcast. You are. It's our. Oh, damn, it's your episode. It's like it's mine, bitches. We're so feisty today. <laughs> so again, this is Kurt's high school journal. Oh, I want to listen. I like the comfort in knowing that the Afro-American invented rock and roll and has only been awarded and rewarded for their accomplishments when confirming to the white man's standards. I like the comfort in knowing that the Afro-American has once again been the only race that has brought a new form of original music to this decade. Uh, This is actually a shorter version of the one I wanted to read, but apparently I don't prep very well. Um, Mm -hmm. I understand that Afro-American isn't the the right term anymore, but it's the fucking 80s. Like, don't come at me. Well, you're reading his journal (laughs) verbatim. It's fine. Right. Um, I actually hope, actually want to find, maybe I'll, I can maybe find this while I'm talking and maybe find the actual one I wanted because that's not it. Um, So let's put this all into perspective, shall we? We shall. Here's this guy who's become everything he's talking about in these entries, right? Because they go on. There's, there's many of them. Um, There's actually a book you can buy. That's all of his journal entries. Uh, I go back and forth about buying it. It feels a little too personal because he probably doesn't want that shit being put out. Uh, but at the same time, I really want to read it. So, Fair. Yeah. Right? Same. And, and punk and grunge are not, when they start the band, a widely accepted form of music. It's, it's very small. It's very indie. It's very pissed off. You, you, know, you don't want to be big. You don't want to make money. You, you just want to do your art to do your art. And, you know, if people like it, great. And if not, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the ethos of, of, of punk. If you listen to Echo and the Bunny Man or the Pixies or it, anything like that, the Ramones, you know what I mean? I mean, well, those it's, kind are of like our, it's kind of like our podcast. We're going to do it. And if you don't fucking like it, you don't fucking like it. None of us expect to be big or anything like that. We're building a community and we're doing our, well, like, I do want to be famous. Low Honey, key. you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> I'll be famous for being the dumb one. Yeah, if you don't like the Cobb Academy, what the fuck are you doing? Listen to it. Get off of it. Bye, bitch. So I was actually able to, real quick, um, I was able to pull up some of his other quotes. So I'm just going to read a few of these. Um, I'd rather be hated for who I am than love for who I'm not. Wanting to be someone else is a waste of who you are. Thank you for the tragedy. I need it for my art. <laughs> birds, scream at their to- birds scream at the top of their lungs in a horrified hellish rage every morning at daybreak to warn us, of all, warn us all of the truth. But sadly, we don't speak bird. Mm. It's true. 
The duty of youth is to challenge corruption. Uh, they laugh at me because I dif- I'm different. I laugh at them because they're all the same. I've heard that one. I've heard that one. So this one's kind of ironic. Um, drugs are a waste of time. They destroy your memory and your self-respect and everything that goes along with your self-esteem. Which sort of brings me into my next point. Um, it's going to be a long, convoluted road to get there, but keep that quote in mind. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in it. That's what we say. Put a pin in it. I'm going to forget it. So Kurt has now, by this point, become so fucking iconic that he can't handle it. People are putting him on a pedestal, and he's saving children, and he's saving people's lives, and he's destroying his voice, and he's rotting from the inside. He's in constant fucking pain, and he's angry and conflicted. And he leaves with us the anthem of a generation and of people who don't quite fit in and aren't quite understood. You know, little backstory on me. I grew up fairly privileged as a white guy, and my dad made a really good living at the time. So I'm not really the the target audience for emo or punk or scream or any of these kind of things. Um, I should really be listening to like the Billboard Top Ten and just being like, "Oh, my life's great." I was bullied incessantly in high school. I never fit in. I had like five friends. Like, I got beat up daily. Like, my life, my high school life was shit. Kevin. Um, so you know, forward to today, like when people are like, "Oh, I don't want to do online school." If I could have fucking done online school, oh. my life would be markedly better, and I'd probably be a better, more well-adjusted human being rather than Mm-mm. the raging asshole I currently am. Actually, when I first started public school, my life was so miserable, miserable. I begged my mother to send me back to Catholic school. I was in the same school as my twin brother. And at the time he was loud and angry and just a cool kid. And then there's me, you know, pudgy and dorky and, and still playing Pokemon cards and shit. And he and his friends used to like throw books at me on the back of the bus and hit me in the back of the head. And when I get off the bus with him, like the one day, I can't remember what I did to piss him off, but he locked the door and dropped, kicked me into the stomach. Like I was on the ground and he was just like kicking me, kicking me. And I'm like, if I did not have to go to school with my brother at that time, I didn't want to. So I begged my parents to put me in Catholic school. I get to Catholic school and they also don't fucking like me because I'm weird. And I'm like, fantastic, but at least it's safer. There was no bullying. Like it was harder to bully me and shit because there was only eight kids in my class. I would have done online school in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Me at home would not have been a good plan. You know, as you can see, I get fucking emotional about this shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The issue with things like this song, like Smells Like Teen Spirit and other just generation changing songs is it it ends up becoming a a backdrop to your shopping trip to hot to hot topic like we just hear this shit we don't listen to it you know we don't we don't absorb it and and these are wizards who are casting their spells and magic on us and we just kind of let it float by you know like these songs have messages these albums they mean things to people. They're not talking about how wet your fucking pussy is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like these are like, this is music created by real artists who have something to say. And we need to start listening to this shit again. That was me the, with finger 11. Do you remember that band? Of course I do. Do you remember their first album? 
No. Oh my God. It had marionettes on it. I can't think of the name right now, but all of it was poetry. It was abstract. It was thoughts. It was concepts. And then all of a sudden they mainstreamed and did Paralyzer. And if you look, if you listen to that song, it's a bastardization of everything that they worked for and they sold out. And what gets me is, is like, you know, they're an artist or trying to portray a message. This is something that he stood by until he he died trying to articulate some of these deep thoughts and concepts, not just, you know, a good earworm, you know? Right. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to make good music. And when they made Nevermind, they ended up having a list of different producers. Uh, the first producer is a guy by the name of Butch Vig. And you can find them online out there. His his mixes of these songs are available. And they're not they're not what they end up being on the album. They end up going for um the label sent them a whole list of of different people to mix the album. And finally, at the very bottom of the list, there was a guy by the name I, I think it's Adam. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't have it written down because I'm trashed. Uh Brandy's rubbing off on me. But uh, his claim Sorry. to fame was he did a, the like the top of the list was like all big guys like it was the, like the guys who are the sound of the nineties that real happy poppy bullshit um, and the last guy on the list is a guy whose claim to fame was he did a Slayer record and they went <laughs> whoa that, had, that they went that record is heavy as fuck we want that guy yeah I would and want that guy too he come, and then he comes in and he sound replaces everything and he does a whole bunch of other shit make the make the guitar sound bigger to add the distortions in there and he makes never mind the album that it is uh if butch figs had mixed it i don't think we'd be having this conversation to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you so eventually kurt starts doing heroin to deal with chronic pain um but there's no such thing as medical heroin or medicinal heroin. Um, and that fucking drug sucks and it will destroy your life. Medicinal uh, whiskey, Kurt, guys. That's how you handle it. Medicinal. That is a thing. That That yes. is a thing. That's fine. Um, Kurt had suffered with chronic bar- bronchi- bronchitis his entire life. And he had un- undiagnosed stomach pains, which is why he starts doing heroin. Because heroin is the only thing that can get rid of the chronic stomach pain. And then heroin just takes over your life and he actually ods in 93 and courtney's actually the only one to know about this because she brings him back with narcan which is a drug that gets you out of ODing, mm-hmm. and then goes on to play a show four hours later so nobody actually understands quite how bad his addiction to heroin has become mm-hmm. so he plays like i said he plays the show like three four hours later and this was in 93 so in 94 he actually checks himself into rehab jumps the fence takes a cab to the airport, flies home, and then kills himself the next day. And this part is going to be hard for me to get through. It's Kurt's actual suicide note. And Steph, I think you have... I wrote some notes to put it into perspective, which makes it suck even worse. So his suicide note is addressed to his imaginary friend, Boda. And it's one of the figures of refuge from when he was a child. So he had like parents divorce and the, you know, his family dissolving as they knew him. He, the only way he could find peace in that kind of point in his life was Boda. That's child Cobain. And now here he is, Kurt, the adult writing the suicide note to that friend. 
that was the only source of comfort he had when he was a child. Like that just, Oh, that it hurts. (laughs) I've read, I've read this a bunch of times and I've heard it read to me a bunch of times and it never gets any easier. Um, So if you are again, sensitive to this kind of thing, I would stop listening now. Um, All right. Let me see if I can get through this. All right. To Boda. Speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who would obviously rather be an emasculated infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk 101 courses over the years since my introduction to this, shall we say, ethics involved with the independence and embracement of your community have has proven to be very true. I haven't felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with reading and writing for too many years now. I feel guilty beyond words about these feelings. For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out and the maniac roar of the crowds begins, it doesn't affect me in the way at which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed to love, relish in the love and admiration for the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. The fact is I can't fool you, any of you. It's simply not fair to you or me. The worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending I'm having 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as I should have a punch-in-time clock before I go on stage. I've tried everything in my power to appreciate it. God believe me, I do, but it's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained a lot of people. It must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I'm too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasms I once had as a child. On our last three tours, I've had a much better appreciation for all the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilt, and empathy I have for everyone. There's good in all of us, and I simply love people too much so that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad, little, sensitive, unappreciative Pisces Jesus man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. I've a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be full of love and joy, kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do her no harm. And it terrifies me to the point where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable, self-destructive death rocker that I've become. I have it good, very good. And I'm grateful. But since the age of seven, I've become hateful to all humans in general, only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy. Only because I love and feel sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for your letters and concern during these past years. I'm too much of an erratic, moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore. And so remember, it's better to burn out than fade away. Peace, love, empathy, Kurt Cobain. Francis and Courtney, albeit her altar. Please, please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life. Will so much will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. Wow, I got through that. <laughs> I'm actually shocked. Um, yeah, I can see your face. They can't. Yeah. Was, the struggle was real. So 2004, Rolling Stone ranks Nirvana in the top 100 greatest artists ever. Um, so with this context that I've laid out in this little bit shorter episode than i thought it would be um next time you're sitting around just go back and listen to those those three albums uh, and the fourth if you really want to which is probably one of the better ones is the unplugged the mtv unplugged album uh from new york which is amazing mm-hmm. that's the one i've been mostly listening to 
So don't just listen to them. Don't put them on while you're doing dishes or working out or any of that bullshit. Actually fucking listen to them. Listen to the music. Listen to the words. And let these wizards cast their spells on you. Because, I mean, some of the albums are hard to get through. Bleach is a little rough. In uh, Utero is also not my favorite, if I'm honest. But they are three incredible novels written by a very damaged, very smart human being. Um, What's interesting about their music, right, as I've been re-listening to it over the last couple of days, is what didn't draw to my attention until recently was how short the duration of a lot of the songs are. It's just like this beautiful little slice of life. And you're only in that slice of life between two and three minutes. And I'm used to like epic rock that goes on for like eight minutes per song. So for me to sit there and just really focus on something for two to three minutes, it's almost mindful meditation at that point. You know what I mean? It's not a arduous task by any means and shouldn't be. So Brandy, where are you now? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? I mean, I'm going to go listen to it because like, I can honestly tell you, I have not sat down and listened to 90% of the songs. I mean, I didn't even know the name. It's probably better now because then you have perspective because if you did it without it, it's kind of like yeah. Kandinsky. I didn't like Kandinsky when I first saw his artwork. Okay. Because it just looks like a bunch of shapes and shit on a canvas. Okay. I hate to say it that way, but that was my first impression. And then I studied post-impressionism and impressionism and what Kandinsky was trying to do. And what he was trying to do was actualize music visually. So you oh. could hear the music with your eyes. And when I went back and I found out when I found out his paintings were music, completely changed the ballgame. Some of my favorite pieces are from Kandinsky now, because I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. Perspective, that little thing, right there, right there. You have no idea what I'm talking about with Kandinsky, either, do you? I, I don't. I'm sorry. It's I'm okay. Actual trash. Well, I mean, it is what it is. We'll we'll dive. We're, we'll unpack more of this next episode. Um, I think this might be a good opportunity for like a palate cleanser because I'm now saddened. Witches, I am in love with this family-run business, Mystical Existence, the bath products that turn your ordinary self-care ritual into a celestial experience. As a witch, my bathing habits are sacred, so I was overjoyed to find products that not only smell amazing, but don't irritate my sensitive skin. My favorite scent is Scorpio which was designed with Maggie's daughter and the perfume her mother used to wear at heart. All soaps, lotions, and bath bombs are handmade with supplies that are purchased from ethical and responsible manufacturers. A portion of the products are vegan for all you animal lovers out there. As the wheel of the year turns, new products are designed to match the seasons. Currently only available 
in the United States, you can find Mystical Existence on Facebook, Instagram, or at their website, mysticalexistence.com. For 15% off, use our promo code MACABRE. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. I did find part of the quote. I can't find the whole one from his journal, but I did find one um, that I wanted to put in earlier, but I found it now. So I'm going to put it in now if it's okay with everybody. It's your episode. You do it. So again, this is from Kurt's high school journal and it's entitled the late 1980s. This is a subliminal example of a, of a society that has sucked and fucked itself into a rehashing value of greed. Uh, the subliminal sense that there are no, Oh Christ, I can't read this. Skip that. Where's your glasses, okay. old man? Yeah, no, it's his, ha- it's his handwriting and it's all like all uh. over the place. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, rehashing values of greed. Instead, you get the overall feeling that you paid way too much for literally nothing entertain, nothing stimulating. And oh Christ, Kurt, you gotta learn. You gotta learn to write, buddy. Uh, Ends, late now. So basically, so basically, it ends with <laughs> the jokes on you. So kill yourself. No amount of effort can save you from oblivion. No address. No editor. No ad rates. So, <laughs> that was again, so inappropriate. I'm so sorry. I didn't even hear what happened. You said <laughs> that he needed to learn to write, and she goes too late. <laughs> like, no, you're now. right. <laughs> so, Fuck. Brandy, too soon for me. Next episode, sure. <laughs> sorry. You are not sorry. You are laughing just, your ass off. It just came out. You are a terrible human being. I'm going to hell. Yes, yes, sorry, you are. Stop. So that's actually a really good. That journal entry is actually a really good one to end on because it gives you an idea of Kurt's mindset in the late '80s when he's you know, just coming up in music and Drew doing his CCR stuff and before forming Nirvana, um, especially the end of it, you know, what is it? No amount of effort can save you from, from oblivion, no address, no editors, no ad rates. So when you conceptualize the success that the second album brought to Kurt and Nirvana, you can see how the success doesn't, sit well with what he was in the eighties and what his mindset was and what the mindset of punk and uh, all that is. So to get to be that fucking iconic, there's no way for him to be able to wrap his mind around that. Plus being in chronic pain, touring all the time, getting probably thousands of letters a day from fans. He's not built to be able to take that success and really run with it. Um, it had to be really tough for him to try to get all of that into his brain and make sense of it in a way that doesn't drive you completely insane. Well, I think I have, it's not the same, but I have like an idea of what that feels like. Because me and Catherine made a TikTok and it hit 4 million views. And as I was watching this thing climb up, 
I almost had a heart attack. I felt like I was going to throw up. And my daughter's like, why? This is fun. People saw us. I said, you do not have a concept of how many people that is. You do not understand. Oh, well, now I'm famous. It was like, you're not fucking famous. It's 15 minutes of fame. It's fucking TikTok. But still, 4 million views. Do you know what I fucking did? After I almost threw up, I just uninstalled the app and went, nope, no more TikTok until Brandy made me do it. I just, I couldn't fathom that many people seeing me or my children or looking at my life, even if it was for what, 30 seconds. And to be that famous with music and, you know, putting on shows and shit and autographs. And that's way more famous than fucking TikTok famous. Like I couldn't, I couldn't handle that either. I don't know how any human being deals with that. It is, it is out of my wheelhouse entirely. I mean, 4 million people don't even fit in one stadium. So. What, there's three, how many, how many people live in Pittsburgh? Oh, I have no idea. A bunch. More than five. More than five people? More than five people. I mean, sure. Probably. I'm not wrong. But 4 million people is more than the people in Pittsburgh. I feel like. Maybe. I don't know, somebody fat check me for house points. Let's just go with that. Yes, I think. I think it's I actually think it's less than a million um, because I think, I think more than a million puts you into city of the first class status in the Commonwealth, which is only Philadelphia. There we go. Of course it is. Um, it's a big number. I don't know. I couldn't imagine. Oh, like, it's not that big actually. How many people are in Pittsburgh? Hold on. It's thinking now. Because that's what he would have been used to with Seattle. is like a very small portion of Seattle. Not the entire fucking state or the city or the world or anything like that. What is... Okay, I'm going to read it out, but like you're going to laugh at me. Ready? Uh One comma, 704 comma, and then three zeros. One million seven hundred. And four. Four hundred? No, just one million seven hundred and four. Oh, okay. Like well, no, right. it's seven. It's one million seven hundred thousand and four. Like, okay. Comma. One comma out is a thousand. Two commas out is a million. Ten thousand. One comma. Thir- another third comma is. It's one point seven million people. Thank you. Is yeah, the that. is the current metro area population of Pittsburgh? Yeah. Nah. It's not a. That's the. That's the, that's the entire metro the area. That's not just this. That's not just the city. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people. It's more <laughs> than five. What if like more than five people listen to our podcast? I'm sorry, forty five. We're at forty five people right now. What if more people than that listen? listen. To us? We're more than five. That's a good number. That's <laughs> more than a hand. I don't know that I could handle that. I don't know if I could handle being like morbid or. That's like two hands. It's like, no, hold on. One, it's five. What's 45 divided by five? Eight, nine. That's nine hands. I did math. You did math. I'm so proud of you. fast math, too. Guys, I was really fast. You did. You didn't even pause to think about it. Not really. I thought about it. I thought it was eight, and then I was like, no, wait, add another five. All right, Kev. So you have an Kevin, entire, the fact. Yeah, but you have an entire episode of Weird But True. Do you have a topical one or a strange one? Actually, I 
don't have anything for that. But if you give me a second, I might be able to find something. You know what? That's fair because I got to go get my non-offensive dares because they're in the living room because I was writing what notes on fuck, aliens. God. I know. We're not professionals. But I was, I was eating... Um, what the fuck are these? Apple Jacks. I'm eating Apple Jacks. That's my weird but true. Nice. This whole episode I've been eating. Don't judge me. Uh, if I'm going to judge you, it ain't for that. Whatever. You can judge me. I'm trash. Oh, I forgot I had that. I have another idea for an episode. Ready. Now I just got to find a weird but true, and I think I'm out, so... No shit. I legit took my notebook with the non-offensive dares and I started working on an episode. No, I think I did that one already. What's this thing on? It is, I'm doing an episode on the implications of a secret space program. Okay. I feel like we I'm doing the Bohemian Club next. Nice. Y'all aren't ready for that shit. It might be two parts. I might not be crass. I like two-parters. I might be trash. I don't know. Every time you say something's going to be a two-parter, it never is. Because, like, I get a lot of notes and then I talk fast. You just need to make me not talk fast. Well, public speaking 101 is to slow down. Public speaking 101 is that Brandy has social anxiety and doesn't like speaking. Technically, it's not social anxiety if you're just talking to me and Kev. It's still. I don't know Kev. You do know Kev. She really doesn't. I, I barely know Kev. All right, we got to go over there and play with this smoker. Okay, cool. Oh, I do have a weird but true. I just found one. Okay, okay. One quarter of all the of all your bones are located in your feet. It does have a lot of little bones. I hate feet. I'm glad you picked a feet one. (laughs) Can I pick a number? Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at the Macabre Academy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. I believe it is your turn to pick a number. Hold on. I'm getting uh, ASMR. Can you, give, can you give me like a range? 82 to 95. 87. Oh, we did that one. Why did I not cross that out? Motherfucker. Okay. I'll That's my fault. <laughs> You're going to hate this one. Is it about feet? Because I can't. 
No, it's okay. Not offensive dare number 89 is organize something. Oh, I love organizing. Yeah, organize something. Whether it's your sock drawer, your pantry, your craft supplies, your collection of dildos, whatever you need to organize, now's the time. You're going to be so excited when you see what I organize. Is it going to be your collection of dildos? I don't have those, so no. Um, it's going to be my closet because it's a hot fucking mess. I'll show okay. you a before and after. Before and after. Or your car. Car's a good one. People like to trash their Shut up. Cars. Listen, have you seen my car? <laughs> I did. We don't talk about it. <laughs> Girls are notorious for having dirty cars. We don't talk about my car. It's a closet on wheels, okay? <laughs> All right. I, I don't have a suitcase to... full of clothes in my trunk. Why? It's been there since I moved. A year ago. No, two years ago, since I got my car. Fantastic. Don't judge me. We're already judging you. You didn't remember who Nirvana was. I just feel like I come here and get so judged and get so beat up. And it's just not nice. And I don't like it. Just kidding. I was going to say your bitch right back. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You're not wrong. All right. I don't want too much post-show banter because we have a whole murder show. Suicide. Yes, we have a whole other episode we need to record. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to get on that. Up. Bye. Wait, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Stop, pub stop. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.